Today is April 28th, 2021. Welcome everyone. I am Trey Dobson, Chief Medical Officer at Southwestern Vermont Medical Center and an emergency medicine physician with Dartmouth-Hitchcock Health. And this is Medical Matters Weekly, a show about the aspects of healthcare that matter to you most. My guest today is Tom Haley, Director of the Turning Point Club in Bennington. A little bit about uh, Tom before I welcome him. He is a Bennington native. He first worked at Turning Point uh, as a volunteer, eventually became a member of the board of directors, including the board president. He's a certified recovery coach and part of the peer recovery emergency department program uh, with Southwestern Vermont Medical Center as a partner. And he is the director of Turning Point. Uh, welcome to the show today, Tom. Thank you, Trey. Good to be with you. Thank you. Well, we're so excited to have you and Turning Point is uh, such an influential part of our community, so necessary, and it's good to get this message out. You know, we're going to have people in the audience uh, that are very aware of Turning Point, and they're tuning in to hear you talk and to hear more about the program, but we're also going to have others that have uh, still no idea what Turning Point is, and they're waiting to hear what we have to say today. So so I'm excited. Um, before we go into your work, it's always good to, uh, I love to talk to my guests a little bit about their past history a little bit, and uh, you grew up in Bennington. What, what was Bennington like, you know, about 50 years ago? Well, um, <clears throat> about 50 years ago, I would have, uh, go back a little farther. I was born in 1950, and Bennington was um, just a small, nice, quiet little town to uh, grow up in. Uh, maybe, uh, Maybe it was something like Mayberry down south, you know, or at least that's how it seemed to me. Uh, little League, uh, cookouts, uh, you know, digging tunnels and snowbanks in the winter. And just a, it was a nice little town to, uh, to begin life. That's great. I know that um, whenever I see old pictures, like I believe up at Madison's, uh, there's some pictures of, of Bennington and other places in town, and it's just it's just great to see. Um, Mayberry does come to mind, so that's that's <laughs> fantastic. So let's let, introduce us to the Turning Point Club. Tell us a little bit, maybe what the mission is and and how it unfolded into what it is today. Sure. Um, the Turning Point Club uh, is one of twelve uh, turning points in the state, and uh, they are referred to as recovery centers. And in the past, uh, when I first started uh, coming to the Turning Point here in Bennington, uh, the people that came here were in, were in some stage of their recovery. Uh, and uh, most of what happened here was that uh, people with uh, maybe a little too much time on their hands during the course of their day uh, could come here and hang out, um, be together, talk together, uh, had uh, hosted a lot of 12-step uh, meetings, mostly AA, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, and some uh, NA meetings. Uh, and that was really um, about uh, what we did. And, and it was good. Now, it has uh, changed dramatically. Uh, since uh, since I first started coming here. Um, certainly, we still host meetings. Uh, right now, they're on Zoom. Uh, 
this, this uh, COVID pandemic has affected us in the same way it's affected every institution. Uh, but uh, we do a lot more with people now. Uh, many of the people that come here are in their very early stages of recovery, or maybe they're seeking to enter recovery. Uh, we do a lot of uh, recovery coaching. Uh, we have uh, people who are trained uh, to be coaches. And essentially what a coach does uh, is uh, meet with people and just take a look at where they are in their life and uh, what do you want to work on first, you know, uh, and try to zero in because when you first get into recovery, it can be overwhelming. Everything's a mess. Well, let's start to untangle the mess a little bit. That's all. We'll do it together. You identify what's most important to you, and we'll work on it. Maybe it's employment. So, you know, we can help people uh, enter into the employment world. Um, maybe uh, maybe it's healthcare. Uh, we can help people uh, enter the healthcare world because they don't know what to do. So regardless of what it was, and uh, usually it's not just one uh, aspect of their lives. There's a few. Housing. Housing is a big one. Um, and uh, But we'll help them get on the journey, and we'll keep meeting with them over and over again uh, on a weekly basis to, to make sure that progress is being made. Uh, and that's essentially what a coach does. Uh, a coach knows what the resources within the community are and can direct the person to those resources and help them navigate through that. Uh, thereby slowly uh, improving their life. Um, and uh, the other uh, change that has taken place since I've been here, Trey, and you uh, referred to it, is the uh, recovery coach in the uh, emergency department. And uh, whether you like it or not, right now, I've got to sing your praises because um, I, I'm just not sure that the people in this community are aware of what a treasure the uh, Southwestern Vermont Super uh, uh, Facility is, uh, the healthcare facility. It, um, uh, when we first uh, introduced the recovery coach and the uh, emergency department program, uh, you people embraced it. And the way it works essentially is that if somebody comes into the emergency department and it is determined uh, by the staff there that uh, at least part of the reason they ended up in the ED that day or that night was uh, had something to do with substance use, then the people on duty call uh, a recovery coach who is on call, and that person goes up and meets with, uh, with the uh, patient. And um, it's a remarkably effective uh, program. That program uh, and I hope your staff know it, uh, has saved lives. Uh, we, uh, because we have to keep track of the data to report it to the state. And uh, so I can tell you for a fact that it has saved uh, people's lives and changed their lives for the better. Um, and uh, it, it, that program exists throughout the state of Vermont at other facilities. Uh, not all of them work as well. Part of the reason it worked uh, so well here, especially during COVID, is that we never stopped going. And uh, that uh, <clears throat> that's not because of anything we did. It's because of what you people did to make it safe for everybody to keep going to the ED despite uh, the uh, 
the COVID situation. Other uh, turning points went virtual. They tried to do this um, and it, uh, virtually and it just doesn't work as well. There's no substitute for personal contact, peer-to-peer, -peer, which is what we are. Peer-to-peer -peer contact, uh, people identifying with one another uh, and, uh, and going forward. So that's the other big change that uh, the, re the coaching program and the ED program, uh, the big changes that have taken place uh, since I first started coming here to Turning Point. And again, I've got to thank you and uh, your staff people. People ask me throughout the state, how did you get into the ED? Because in other areas of the state, the ED department was reluctant to call them. Mm. And so I gave them my secret. I, uh, I made a cheesecake and I brought it up and I gave it to the staff people. And, <laughs> and we're all human beings. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. You know, for the audience, Tom, you hit on some just so many key points there. And I just want to emphasize these so that the community that, that is not uh, as aware of Turning Point and the programs you mentioned understand why it is so important uh, to support Turning Point and similar programs in our community. And one of the main reasons is, is like you said, you know, initially Turning Point had a more focused um, mission, and that's how a lot of recovery, not programs, but uh, resources uh, exist. They, they have one specific thing they do very well, but unfortunately, someone who's going through this process that needs to get back into society, that needs to uh, be a contributing member and also have a life and, and, and find joy, they need that full coaching experience. Um, you know, they don't need someone to give them handouts. What they need is someone to hold their hand and get them to the places and navigate the difficulties. Like you said, healthcare being incredibly complicated, navigating through that, uh, employment uh, and other aspects. And, and Turning Point is incredibly successful. Um, sometimes it takes people multiple attempts, uh, but, but Turning Point's always there for them. And I will tell you, yes, as an emergency physician, um, I've, I've been practicing here for about 15 years. I've seen a big change uh, when the Turning Point came in. So uh, I appreciate your, uh, your kudos to our emergency department at our hospital, but I'm going to turn it back and say thank you to uh, all you and, and all of your colleagues do. And we'll, we'll move forward here and learn a little bit more, especially again for the, the audience that's intrigued and, and, and doesn't know as much. Tell me a little bit, um, really from your perspective and what you've learned, uh, sort of the history of substance abuse nationally and locally. And you can take that uh, statement any way you want. Um, you might just by start by saying, what are some of the cases you see here uh, in Bennington? Um, the... The, uh, certainly, I think that the opiate use has become much more visible. Um, I believe that it was there. Uh, alcoholism is still, you know, it, it's almost like alcoholism is a problem we used to have. That's just not the case. Alcoholism is still a, uh, uh, a big uh, problem uh, so, uh, for, for our society. But... Uh, the opioid use, I think, has increased and it's become more visible. And it's, uh, in, a, in a social way, it's not an accepted uh, form of, um, of uh, uh, substance use. People are used to alcohol being around. You can go into a bar, get a drink. You can have a drink with dinner. Uh, you, you, can't, you can't do that with opiates. Uh, so it's 
I think it's a little more foreign and a lot scarier uh, for uh, people in the community to have to honestly uh, tell themselves, we've got this in our town. Uh, but uh, it's not a uh, uh, it's not a hopeless case. It's nothing to be afraid of. Uh, it's something to acknowledge, and uh, we've got to uh, commit resources uh, to it. And um, if we do, and if we work together, and if we don't uh, we don't judge people, but we try to help one another, then we will make progress. You know, no one that I have ever met said. You know, someday when I grow up, I want to be addicted to a substance that controls me. Uh, so uh, there's an old adage uh, that uh, I'm not a bad person trying to get good. I'm a sick person trying to get well. And uh, if we if we think of uh, substance use disorder that way, uh, I think that uh, we can approach uh, together uh, as a community, we can approach uh, approach it in a healthy way, and we can we can do something about it. We can help one another. That's the thing about Turning Point. One of the key um, elements is that we're a peer to peer uh, organization. Um, the the people that coach other people have been where those people are now uh, in their life. Uh, they uh, they have found a way out of uh, of their addiction, uh, but they have been there before, and they know uh, they know what that life is like. And uh, when they want to help somebody, they want to do it uh, compassionately because they can identify with that person. Uh, they have lived that life, and uh, that makes a big difference. You mentioned Tom um, opioids and. Um... Like you said, when you were growing up in Bennington, that wasn't a recognized uh, problem. And when you joined Turning Point, it, it was seen, but it's also just unfortunately expanded tremendously, especially with the more powerful opioids. And most people are very aware of this because it has gotten solid media coverage. There's been a shift. Um, you know, the source of the opioids has changed from a lot of prescription drugs to now uh, illegal shipments. And you know, the numbers keep going up. We, we, we plug the dike, we, we limit the number of prescriptions, and then the drug comes in from somewhere else and it's more powerful. Um, and then there's the stigma uh, attached to it. Can you talk a little bit about what you've seen from your uh, vantage point in regards to stigma, whether it's improved or uh, actually uh, grown worse over the last several years? Well, um, it's kind of a mix. Uh, Certainly, there's a different stigma attached to um, the opioid uh, situation than there is to uh, alcoholism. Uh, people just don't seem to be as afraid of the whole notion of alcoholism. Uh, they probably have experienced it in their life, uh, and uh, it's in their family. Uh, but this, uh, this new one is something that you, know, you might have seen about in a movie, uh, but you never had it uh, in your life. And, uh, but uh, here it is. Um, the, but uh, at the same time, I think it's getting better. For example, we're working now um, with uh, the police department and the EMTs so that when they're called out uh, to 
to you know an address, somebody's home, whatever it is. Uh, and it's determined that part of the reason they got called was uh, substance use uh, that uh, they call us. The same way we're called to the emergency department, we are now getting called by the police uh, and by EMTs to go to the scene of uh, where they are because we want to be able to get involved uh, as as quickly as we can. And we urge people uh, to go to the uh, to the emergency department. This is another grant, actually, uh, that uh, that uh, your facility got, the hospital got, and we're, we're part of that. Um, and what's one of the byproducts of those sorts of efforts is that all of the institutions within the community, whether it be the hospital, whether it be the police, whether it be the EMTs, um, whether uh, it be the turning point, uh, it can extend to the DA's office, it can extend to probation and parole, we all begin to work together with the same sort of attitude so that we're, regardless of how people enter the system, as we call it, uh, they can encounter all of the elements of the system. It's not just getting arrested, for example. It can also be um, getting getting help. It can also be, you know, that the charges are are changed. Uh, your life doesn't have to be forever ruined. Um, you can uh, uh, because uh, people are recognizing that we can't litigate and arrest ourselves out of this. It has to be a multifaceted effort. Um, everybody bringing their talents and what they have to the table. Uh, nobody's better than anyone else. Uh, and that uh, let's determine what this individual needs, what, what will give them their best chance. And then let's apply that uh, and do the best that we can. And, uh, and it's working. You know, we, we, oftentimes we see the failures because they'll make the headline. What we don't see every day is uh, the small successes that people are making in their life. But they are there, and uh, I believe that we have to just keep at it, remain optimistic, and um, and work away. I've met some wonderful people uh, working in this uh, uh, endeavor, uh, whether it be uh, yourself, Trey. You're, I mean, you're a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, other people up at your place, uh, the people here, uh, my colleagues, uh, Ralph and Julia, uh, the... Uh, these are wonderful, dedicated people who, uh, you know, people at UCS, people up at Savita, they're everywhere. We just don't know it yet. That's right. And, you know, as far as the stigma goes, um, I do see it Im improving. Uh, there are, it's slow, um, but I think people are recognizing exactly what you're saying, um, you know, focusing on all aspects. Yes, prevention. Yes, using the drug take backs. Yes, working on uh, prescribing much less from doctor's office. Yes, working on trying to catch the drugs before they come into the country, uh, but also the, the intervention right in the moment um, with the use of Narcan and making that available um, in regards to other substances, making you know acute treatment. And then the aftercare, the most important part probably, and that's where Turning Point shines in recognizing those individuals and coaching them through you know, really the rest of their lives, but certainly the next several years until uh, they can, you know, do this on their own. And for those out there that still 
um, are curious but don't have that much information, there's a lot of resources, uh, including the Turning Point itself, but other resources online. And you'll start to notice that there are many people out there in the community that you know personally who are, are happy, uh, living uh, joyful lives, successful by uh, many measures, uh, who have been through recovery themselves. And I think once people start knowing friends and family or even going through the process themselves, that stigma uh, improves in the country. And that's, that's very important because um, with, you know, I would say 30 years ago, uh, you couldn't even get hired if someone found out you'd been through recovery. And now um, employers recognize uh, that that's some of their best employees because they've been through a process that helps them be disciplined and focused and they have a mission. Um, so those are all the positives. What do you see are some, you know, as we're sort of wrapping up here, uh, what do you see as some of the greatest challenges, uh, specifically locally, uh, and, and maybe some thoughts on how we could address those? Uh, resources. Um, you know, one of the most difficult uh, situations for a person to be in, uh, in especially in early recovery. I mean, let's say they went uh, to a 30, 60, 90-day program, whatever it is, uh, they get out, uh, they go back home, and they have no place to go. They have to go back to the same place they came from. So they're in the same environment, uh, and they're with the same people, and they're exposed to the same uh, temptations. Mm -hmm. and it's extraordinarily difficult for them. Uh, right now, um, uh, Ralph here at the Turning Point is uh, going through the process, and it can, you know, hopefully it won't fall apart. It could, but he's going through the process because he's dedicated uh, to uh, develop some recovery housing here in Bennington. Uh, let's get some beds so that when a person gets out, they have a place to go, not not to just live for nothing. Uh, I mean, you know, you have to seek employment. You have to uh, take care of yourself. You have to do your part. But there's a safe place for you to go. Um, we don't have nearly enough of that uh, in Bennington uh, or in the state of Vermont. Uh, there's very little, if any, recovery housing around. Uh, there are very few uh, facilities uh, to get into. Um, uh, to start your recovery. Uh, we just don't have enough beds. Beds translate uh, into, into resources, it's funding. Uh, but uh, oddly enough, as a result of COVID, some more money has become available to communities. And uh, so uh, Ralph's pursuing those. And uh, so I would say in terms of what, what are one of the biggest challenges, uh, housing, beds, giving people a place, a safe place to be, uh, until they can continue their transition uh, into uh, into life safely. Well, yeah, and Ralph has, has talked to me several times about the need for um, acute beds when someone is, is uh, going through the symptoms of withdrawal and needing that safe place all the way up into uh, finding work and having a place they can go back to, as you said, that is safe, and they're not going to be surrounded uh, with what brought them in in the, in the first place. Um, yeah. So just a couple more as we close here. Um, 
you know, if I'm a community member, I'm listening to this, I, I find it endearing, I want to contribute in some way, whether that is through uh, donation or time, how do they, how should they do that? Should they contact you directly, contact Turning Point? What would you recommend? Um, what I would recommend uh, for most folks, because most folks, I think, have access uh, to, uh, to a computer, uh, the internet, go to uh, uh, tpcbennington.org. Uh, there's a place to contribute, but uh, certainly um, we are here uh, right now. Uh, we are uh, here physically uh, from 11 until 4. We're going to revisit that, but we never closed up. The other turning points, and I, you know, frankly, some of my uh, counterparts throughout the state said I was doing this wrong. But we never closed uh, these doors. Uh, we we're always open, but uh, we remain safe. The same way we are always working with you folks uh, uh, together, not virtually. Um, I just felt that was important. If people want to stop here, I want them to stop here. Just ring the doorbell and somebody will let you in and we can talk. And certainly we, uh, we need contributions. Uh, absolutely we do. But just as importantly, uh, we, we need people. Uh, maybe more importantly, we need people, whether they be volunteers, whether they be a family member or someone who is uh, struggling with uh, substance use, come in. And uh, I mean, Julia is a wealth of knowledge and compassion, uh, and I don't want to increase your workload, but uh, uh, if you've got that situation going on in your life, come in. We'll work with you. We'll help. There's help. There's hope. There's a way. Oh, Tom, thank you so much. And again, please tell everyone uh, how important their work is. Uh, we so much appreciate it. When I say we, I mean everyone, the community, uh, certainly from my vantage point, the emergency department, all the patients we see. Uh, so thank you. Um, and thank you, everyone, for joining us here on Medical Matters Weekly. Um, that's, this was Tom Haley of Turning Point Club in Bennington. I'd like to also thank Mike Cutler from CAT TV, <coughs> Ray Smith from Southwestern Vermont Healthcare, and Ashley Jowett from Southwestern Vermont Healthcare. Next week, we have two nurses, Patty Johnson and Caitlin Tilly, who will discuss getting vaccine out to the BIPOC community and other aspects of COVID uh, for uh, those that need additional resources or actually are just lost and can't figure out what the next steps are. Uh, please send your questions in early to wellness at svhealthcare.org. Um, and I'm Trey Dobson. Go out and find joy uh, in what you do, even in the face of adversity. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>